Dry saddle in front. McDavid scores! The hat trick goal! Connor McDavid meaning business tonight. Seventh regular season hat trick, his eighth in the NHL total if you include the postseason. And the Oilers even their record at 1-1 one one with a 5-2 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Three goals and an assist for McDavid. Leon Dreisaitl with four assists. Nugent Hopkins with two goals and an assist. Kyler Yamamoto involved again. He gets a couple of helpers. The shots tonight, 46-40 for the Oilers. Miko Koskinen, starting for the second straight night, gets the win. Very good. 38 saves. Mike Smith did not dress for this game. We'll see if we get any more uh, information on him when Dave Tippett speaks postgame. Shots on goal leaders tonight. McDavid had nine. Nugent Hopkins had eight. And Jesse Pugliarvi had seven. <laughs> Those three guys combining for 24 of the Oilers' 46 shots. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Loge level at Rogers Place. So the Oilers bounce back, did what they needed to do tonight, and really you saw it from the opening face-off today. You did. The Oilers' top players came to play, and it starts with Connor McDavid. His first two shifts were as good as any shift that he that you've seen him play. He dominated. He got pucks in deep. He created chances. He stole the puck. He hunted it down. Uh, he fatigued the defensemen of the Vancouver Canucks. They, they just couldn't keep up. And it was one of those nights where you could pick a number out of a hat, say, okay, how many points is Connor going to have tonight? Four, five, six, eight. He had a number of opportunities, just the puck wasn't always going in for his line mates. But I think Connor, after last night's game, was a little upset. I don't think he liked the way that the team played. I'm not sure. I think he was okay, but he wasn't as great as he usually is. And tonight he came out and said, all right, this is my barn, and I'm going to show you what I'm capable of doing. And he was head and shoulders above everyone else on the ice tonight and led by example and, and was rewarded with a good night for him personally and obviously a big win for the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers' power play and this formula is very similar to what we saw last season. Well, it's not very similar. It is exactly <laughs> similar to what we saw last season. The power play goes two for four, and they're a perfect five for five on the penalty kill. Well, especially teams wins hockey games, and the Edmonton Oilers, uh, it, despite the, the, the talk that they want to be a better five-on-five -five club, they're still a team that's built for specialty teams. Their goaltender came up with big saves. Their penalty killing was very good, winning big face-offs when they needed. Uh, there was a stretch there in the, I think it was the second period, or, where they had a number of shot blocks, and, and there was a desperation in their penalty kill. That's how you have, if you're going to be uh, a, a good penalty-killing team, you have to have urgency and desperation in your kill. And tonight, the Oilers had that. Uh, a number of big blocks from Kyle Turris to Jones to Cuckoo, the, all getting down, making sure that the puck didn't get through, clogging up lanes, getting pucks out when they had the opportunity. And then we, the one thing that we talked about before the game that the Canucks could not afford to take penalties against the Oilers tonight. They are a proud bunch. Uh, they were not happy with the results that their power play had last night. And they came out determined. Um, if it wasn't for, for Demko at times, uh, the Oilers could have scored, uh, you know, a bushel full of power play goals. They had that many opportunities. They scored a couple. And they moved the puck around with, with intent tonight. They knew where they wanted the puck to go, and they made sure it got through a number of great chances. And... They just had a little more bounce in their step tonight in the PP, and, and you're going to see it get better and better as Barry starts to find his his place with this group. But the Vancouver Canucks, 
uh, learned a lesson, and they, they took a couple silly penalties, a couple phantom calls by the referees, but if they're going to get that phantom power play, make sure they, 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 they make the, the other team pay the price, and the Oilers did that today. Tyson Berry picked up an assist tonight, so that's his first point as an Edmonton Oiler. The Oilers only 46% in the faceoff circle. Leon Dreisaitl, though, was 15 and 6 for 71%. So, and Turris was 9 for 18 for 50%. So the other guys who took faceoffs, I won't go through all of them, but obviously <laughs> Not we're, <good>. we're quite <laughs> poor this evening, though uh, it, it didn't really. Well, but uh, Dreisaitl won the biggest face-off of the game with two and a half seconds left in the first period. He did. It would have been disappointing for the Oilers to come out of the first period up one nothing because they had so many glorious scoring chances. And with two seconds to go in the period, they get a face-off. Dave Tippett puts his best players out, gets his one-timer guy out in Yamamoto. And my favorite part was Leon Dreisettle. He's looking at the setup, and he, and he sees where Yamamoto is. He said, no, no, move over about five inches. And he does, puts the puck right on his stick. And Connor McDavid wins a battle, wins a race to the net, puts a rebound in. Now, everything had to go right, but it did, and it was set up by Leon Dreisettle. I, I think both he and Connor uh, want to make statements uh, this season, and I think both of them have started off the way they want to. Is now, what's that, five points and four points the two of them have. And again, Leon, another plus, I believe, plus three again tonight in this game. So the Stars came to play for the Oilers today. Here's Nugent Hopkins live. Obviously, you've seen Connor have pretty special nights, but you know you guys could have been up maybe four or five nothing even to the first. Demko was great, but your line just right from the get go, and he kind of led the way. Just, I don't know if he said anything to, to get you guys going, or is he more of a leader of action? Uh, well, I, I mean, I think. Uh, all four lines, all 60, right from the start. I mean, we had the right mindset. Uh, we knew we needed to clean some things up after last night. <clears throat> and coming in a back-to-back, -back, it's it's actually a good chance to, to get things going right away. Uh, you don't have too much time to think and dwell on things. Um, so, I mean, I think we responded really well. Uh, I think our line held on to pucks uh, a lot better tonight, and uh, and we got some more chances, put some put some more pucks on net too. So uh, started to create a little bit uh, more offensively that way. But, uh, yeah, no, Demko, just like Koski, I mean, they, they both stood tall in there and they both faced a lot of shots. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we found a way to crack them uh, early. And then that first uh, or that second goal <clears throat> right at the end of the first was huge for us too. It seems strange to say because it's only the second game, but because of the season, every game's interdivision and you're playing the same team back-to-back. -back. Did you have a little bit more angst? to get a win than you normally would in game two of a regular season? Yeah, I think um, we understand the way that this season's going to go. I mean, like you said, it's uh, we, we play most of the time we play mini series against teams. So, I mean, these these little series are huge. Every, every night's a four-point game. And, um, I mean, you don't even want to give them any points, uh, let alone just getting yourself to. It's uh, it's important to beat them in regular uh, regulation too. So I think we had a little bit more desperation than maybe uh, we would have in a normal uh, situation. So I thought uh, I thought that was the mindset going in, and I thought uh, we executed that well. Give me your thoughts now. It's been two games on just how much of a difference you've seen in, in Yessi Pugliarvi. He just looks more mature. He looks more like an NHL player. You know, starting to use his size. What's impressed you the two games for him? Um, yeah, I think um, I think one of the things is he's he's simplifying a, a little bit. Um, he's such a big kid. He's such a he's such a good skater. I mean, uh, he he can beat guys. He can eat chip pucks to himself. Chip, chip, uh, chip pucks to other guys, um, and just go chase it down and go get it. Um, I know opportunities are going to come for him. Uh, if he keeps using his size, keeps using his speed, and uh, yeah, I know, I know that we, uh, everybody likes what we see so far. 
And uh, lastly, for me, you get right back at it on Saturday. Three games in four nights is kind of rare to start the regular season. But without traveling, moving around, is it easy? Like, are you expecting a day off tomorrow? Do you skate? What's your what's your routine? And have you looked at maybe how you'll manage physically different this year with so many games in a short period of time? Yeah, it's going to be, this is the way it's going to be all season. So we got to get used to it. Um, I think the coaches will give us a chance to have an optional um, one of the two days coming up. Um, so it's it's really about you got to take care of yourself, uh, do the right things, uh, obviously try to rest as much as possible. But I think it's fortunate that we get to start at home this way. Um, obviously, I think traveling early on like this, uh, it, it can wear you down a little bit. So, I mean, we're going to we're going to face that. But I think it's nice for us to be at home right now and, uh, uh, and get the th- get things rolling um, in Edmonton. Any more hands, media? Thank you. This brings us to the conclusion of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's the Nuge who gets two goals tonight, adds an assist. Oilers win 5-2 over the Canucks. Connor McDavid with the hat trick tonight. So the big three came through. Maybe they're going to be a big four. I was yeah, just Yamo thinking had, the same Yamo thing. had yeah. two assists, and he's he's getting involved. The, the depth has been an ongoing discussion for the Oilers. The third line on paper is the best one they've had in a long time. They've yet to score. Turris, Pugliarvi, and Archibald, what are you seeing, though? Well, I, I thought last night, average at best, probably the three of them weren't satisfied with the game that they had. I thought tonight they were all three of them were more engaged. I thought Archibald was a little more physical. Uh, Tourist is out penalty killing, taking big draws, and uh, went down two or three times for block shots. I mean, this is a guy that was a first-line player for a number of years in Ottawa and, and was a, a key part to a big trade when he went from Ottawa to Nashville. And here's a guy who's, who's now uh, a third-line guy that's got to put his body on the line and, and do all the little things, and I thought you saw that more tonight. And, and Pugliarvi, um, I, I just I, just talking with Bob after the game, I like the fact that he's got a simplified game, and I think that's how he's going to be successful, by simplifying and playing with his line mates that keep, keep it simple for him. Live post-game, head coach Dave Tippett. First question, Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Vancouver didn't have nearly as many wide open looks like last night so a step in the right direction as far as defensive even though there was a lot of shots on goal uh, a lot of shots yeah a lot of a lot of attempts on their power play with they? i think they had six power plays or something like that so it's uh a lot of attempts there but they they throw a lot of pucks at the net from everywhere so you're gonna you're gonna get a bunch of shots but we didn't give them the outnumber breaks that we did last night and we clogged the uh, clogged the middle a lot better so it was uh a better uh, thought process through our game and a much better commitment to battle and for loose pucks and take care of the pucks so you're not turning it over. So all in all, a much better uh, much better result for us. And, uh, you know, your four offensive guys, led by McDavid, Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto, you know, obviously carried you offensively tonight. You've seen a lot of McDavid's games. Um, he, he came into this season looking great. And last night, I thought he had a lot of chances, just didn't score. But uh, yeah. tonight was obviously on a different level. Yeah, you, you get those games where he just kind of takes over. And, uh, um, you know, he just, like you say, it was funny last night when I watched the game after after last night. It's, he did. He had more chances than I thought he had last night. 
So you hope if he gets the same amount of chances tonight, he can capitalize on those, and he usually does. So uh, power play was dangerous last night. It was dangerous tonight, and we found a way to score. So um, you're right, our offensive guys pitched in, but uh, I thought uh, I thought we had some more guys. We had a lot of chances around there. I thought Jesse was good. Um, you know, we had some chances that we could have pushed the game ahead a little more, but I like the way we competed. I like the way we took care of the puck better and didn't give as many... Uh, great eight chances away. Next question, Mark Spector, Sportsnet. What do you like about Pugliarvi's game, considering, you know, you've heard so much about this guy and you've never really coached him, right? No. Uh, now that you've had him for a couple of days in a row, what do you what do you like about him? You know, he's a big, strong kid. He uh, he protects the puck well, shoots the puck well. And you got to remember, I mean, this is, he was over here for a bit, but he's come back. This is the first two North American games he's played in a long time. So um, he's still finding his, finding his way out there, but he's just, like, he's relentless. He works. He's heavy on the puck. He wants the puck all the time. So um, I, I think he's going to keep trending in the right direction. It's just a matter of time before it goes in the net for him. But he's, he's having fun out there. He's... Uh, He's committed to playing really hard, trying to do the things that uh, we want to do structurally. So he's, uh, uh, you know, there's lots and lots of upside there. You know, it would be nice to see one of those go in the net for him, but it's good that he's getting chances. Hopefully it comes soon. There's been games in the past when the Oilers are leading 4-2 after 40, and they just come out of the gates in the third trying to make it 6-2, 8-2. Uh, not tonight. You guys look like you're far more interested in the two than the four. Uh, is that by design? That was talked about, that's for sure. you got to play a certain way, and there were still a couple instances in the third where I'd like to, uh, will we'll be discussed when we turn pucks over. We had our D in there too tight, and uh, when you're up by two, so those are, those are things. You know what, you know, Spec, those are just things you, you got to have, you got to have a mindset of how you're going to win. And it doesn't matter if you win by two or win by eight, you just got to win. And when you want to win by eight, sometimes you don't win by two. Next question, Tim Campbell, NHL.com. Hi, Dave. Could you just talk a bit about uh, your uh, experience with Connor, his ability to rise to occasions, whether it's against maybe a really elite, an elite opponent or after a disappointment or a frustration such as he might have had last night? Yeah, I don't know if he was frustrated last night. He was frustrated he didn't score, frustrated with the loss, and probably frustrated with the way our whole team played, but... He had chances last night. I thought he was a pretty good player last night. So tonight he just, you know, he, he was at another level again and he capitalized on those chances. But the ones that, uh, the ones that amaze me are the, are the ones that he kind of, he makes something happen out of nothing. Like that, that play at the end of the period. We, you know, you're lining up for a quick shot. You don't think you have time for a rebound, but there he is. He's in a rebound and scores a point. Like that's, that's a play that just, it's, great players just find a way to make that play so he was uh, he was dialed in tonight right from the start his first shift I think they were in the zone in the offensive zone about 40 seconds and you know it was one of those nights where the puck was falling around and he was capitalizing with it thank you Dave next question Ryan Urshog TSN Dave Leon made a couple of uh, passes tonight on his backhand uh, the one to Connor when he came up the ice, and the other one obviously right in front of the net there. Just his efficiency on the backhand, where does he rank for you in terms of 
players you've seen through your years and just his skill on that backhand? No, he's, he's remarkable on it because he's got such control. He, uh, you know, he... One of the guys that he really fancies as a player was Datsuk, who was the same way, you know, really used the backhand well. And uh, there's a position that you put yourself in to, to do that. You've got to be, your hands have got to be kind of free. But, you know, he's got unbelievable hands and he's got strength with the puck. And those are things that uh, it makes it hard to defend because usually, you're, you know, you try to push him a certain way, but he can still beat you with that backhand. So he's... Uh, He's certainly one of the most talented ones I've ever been around the backhand. And I apologize if this was asked. I missed the beginning. I don't know if Maddie got to it or not. But does, did was there a, a line on what happened with the goaltending tonight, or where what the word is on Mike Smith? What's no, reportable? Mike Mike Smith is unfit to play tonight, so we put Skinner on, and uh, we'll see where we're at tomorrow. Last question, Jason Greger, TSN twelve sixty. Uh, Dave, uh, two games, and I, I, I know it's a short sample size, but what, what's your thoughts of, of your play from your fourth line? What, what more do you need to see from them? Um, you know, the first game, they were didn't get a ton of time. Ennis got hurt there, so... Uh, but tonight, you know, they're all right. JJ's given some penalty killing. Chaser gives us uh, some good minutes on the power play. And Shore was first game tonight with Ennis being hurt, so he uh, he was just getting up and going. So we'll see. It's a work in progress. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett live on 6.30. Chad, Oilers beat the Canucks 5-2. Obviously, a lot of questions about Connor McDavid and some of the Oilers' top guns tonight. McDavid with a hat trick. You heard about Mike Smith simply unfit to play. See where they're at tomorrow. Tippett referenced in his availability this morning that a couple players maybe with some bumps and bruises. Tyler Ennis didn't play. He did block a shot last night. And Smith, uh, we suspected something was up this afternoon. They brought in Stuart Skinner off the taxi squad. No Smith at all. Koskinen plays again, gets a 38-save victory. And Rob, you were talking about the, the third line before we went to Tippett there. And, and Jesse Pugliarvi is going to be a guy who's watched closely this season. He, I mentioned he had seven shots on goal. Maybe his best play was that backdoor pass attempt to Archibald in the second period. Yeah, well, when uh, there's a, most games during the regular season or during the year, your third line won't have three shots combined, let alone one of the players on it having seven. And I don't recall any of those shots being on the power play, so that's five on five. So that's a good sign that, that uh, they're getting opportunities. They're in the offensive zone. Now, I, I think he had one or two that were, were pretty good scoring chances, but I think what we talked about after last night's game there's a couple chances where he could have put pucks on net and he's tried forcing plays that weren't there when you're a third line player you're a fourth line player if you have no play put it on net good things can happen when the puck goes on net and i think that's something that he needs to learn so the the third line and, and as i was saying before we went down and listened to dave Tippett, the third line needs to simplify the game uh, they, they've got a guy in tourists that he understands the game. He understands offense. He's always been an offensive hockey player. He knows how to create plays, but he's playing with a couple of guys that uh, one is just trying to find his feet in the National Hockey League, and Archibald on the other side is just he's a, he's a third or fourth line player that uh, is playing in the National Hockey League because of his work ethic and, and the details that he brings to the game. So for them to, to be effective, they do nice, simple plays. They get pucks out of the zone. They don't spend a lot of time in their own zone. 
and I think that was better tonight. I thought last night they spent too much time in their own zone, and that's when you get into trouble. But tonight they were much better of getting the puck out quickly and then getting in on a forecheck. And what I saw from Pugliarvi tonight was the first time that I've seen him play with this kind of urgency, intensity, uh, tenaciousness. He was a much bigger version of Yamamoto tonight where he, he always had his engine going in the offensive zone, creating turnovers. And, and the one advantage he has over just about everyone on the other's team is, as, as Dave Tippett talked about, his size. Like, he can lean on players and he can absorb hits. So I think he's going to learn that he has a little bit more time to make plays because he can absorb a hit and still be looking to make a play. We see Leon Dreis that'll do it all the time. Now, I'm not going to compare those two players because there isn't, but it's something that you can learn. Find other players with the same physical stature as you, see how they play, see how they use their body positioning, and then try to work on things like that in practice. But I think from last night tonight, huge step for, for Pugliarvi, and now he's got to continue to do that, and we're going to see that on Saturday. Oilers win 5-2. They score 5. 630Ched.com. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now offering takeout, please visit jvedmonton.ca for details. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. We're going to welcome Jamie to the show. Hi, Jamie. Thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, what made me call in was just this little play. Uh, it was on the power play. I think it was the second period. And uh, there was this little play. And, like, McDavid was just running everything tonight. But on the power play, he was in the corner. Caleb Jones had the puck. And I don't know if I've ever seen this, but he just waved him off the ice. He's like, he just pointed to the bench and said, get off. And then Hopkins jumped on. I don't know if I've ever seen a player do that, like, in live play. But anyways, yeah, and, like, him and him and Dreisaitl were so dominant tonight. The way Dreisaitl drove the net, almost like a basketball player at times, where he's just, just fighting to get right in the center of the net. And I just thought it was a, a great showing from those two. Yeah, the, the star players came to play tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, and you do not want to give them power plays because they'll make you pay and I, it was funny the the play you're talking about I was giggling that's right where we sit is still right at that play and I Jones got the puck to McDavid and Jones all of a sudden started skating to the middle of the ice almost like he was setting up where Tyson Berry or last year where Oscar Clefbaum went and McDavid stopped took his hand off his stick and yelled at Jones and then pointed to the bench and Jones, the good young player, very quickly <laughs> skated off the ice. Nugent Hopkins jumped on, and then the others got on with their power play. But, yeah, uh, I, the one thing you're going to see and hear more, or we do anyways, because it is a quiet rink, there's nobody in here, you get to hear the players talking, you get to hear the coaches, you get to hear the refs. And on that one right there, you could tell exactly what Connor McDavid wanted. He's like, okay, you're not on our first unit, Jones. Why don't you go sit down, and we're going to show you how we do it. And they did. <laughs> All right, Jamie, I, I got good news for you, buddy. You're our finish-the-play contestant. So first of all, and how about this? Just for playing, you get a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd, top-quality beats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices, Alberta-owned and operated. So you already have the Hungry Herd premium sampler box. I believe it is delivered by a herd of animals. We just don't know what animal it's going to be. Could be walruses. Now, here we got a clue for you here to see if we can put you into the grand prize draw. Kellen? Here's Yamamoto through the middle. Over to the right. Out to Nugent Hopkins. Scores! 
sounding great in his NHL play-by-play debut, Cam Moon. For finish the play, I want you to answer this question. In what Alberta provincial capital city did Cam Moon grow up? Uh, Edmonton. Absolutely, it's Edmonton. <laughs> Hang on the line. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertop. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. $1,000 gift certificate to Visions. That's a lot of microwave ovens <laughs> to heat up your hungry herd. Well, there's a lot of herd coming over. See, now I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see what's in the hungry herd package. Well, we'll have to check it out. They are Alberta-owned and operated. Well, maybe they should stop by my house. I, 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 well, I, it could be a herd of animals delivers it. Well, that'd be we'll cannibalistic, it wouldn't it, though? Or are they be giving it? No, different... they're giving it away. <laughs> yeah, but they'd be... It's, a, li- it's a little awkward, but no, that's what I'm saying. They'd if have to be a different if it's, it's species. A, yes, so yes. like if, if you got, say, uh, a flock of uh, albatrosses or albatry to deliver the hungry herd sampler and it was all beef what and is, chicken... Those are birds? Yes. Oh, okay. Roadhammer texting in. He says, uh, other than me thinking every once in a while that I was listening to a Red Deer Rebels game, Cam Moon did an outstanding job tonight. Absolutely. I mean, I, we don't get to hear him. Or, or I, I, don't. I listen to him. Oh, see, I don't, they don't he's, give he's me. Outsta- and I knew he would be. Like, I don't want to sound. He's, he's a great guy. I mean, he's, he's done 22 seasons of Rebels hockey. This, so this, so this he's is, ready. He's, yeah, this is not, uh, you know, Sparky McBoogerton <laughs> coming out of, uh, you know, the bush north of Wildwood to call a game at the age of 15. This is a seasoned broadcaster. Spark, Sparky needs a few more a few more years before he does it. But, uh, yeah, no, good for Cam. It, it, it's someone that has paid his dues and earned the right to be here in, in his hometown and, and get to call the games of his hometown hockey team and not a bad way to start it too and uh you get to call the edmonton oilers on a big win on a good night and congratulations hopefully this is the first of many wins that cam moon gets to call the uh, 50-50 number has been drawn for tonight i just retweeted it three hundred and eighty four thousand dollars for the edmonton oilers community foundation presented by remax.ca every game day there's a 50-50 online. It's not just home games. It's every game day. Whenever the Oilers play, you can buy between 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. Okay, we got to take a timeout. Tony's up next on the open line. More post-game reaction. The Oilers are 1-1, one one, beating the Canucks 5-2. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers win 5-2, and some people texting in asking about Jack Michaels. Well, Jack Michaels will do regional television play-by-play on Sportsnet. So he was on TV tonight with Louis DeBrusque. When he is doing that, Cam Moon will do radio. So Cam will do well over half the games this year. When the Oilers are on national television, Jack will uh, come back and join us on 6.30 Chet on the Oilers Radio Network. So we will have two great voices and great guys calling the uh, play-by-play this year. So we're excited for that. 780-496-0063. Tony is on the line. Go ahead, Tony. Great to hear from you guys again. Happy talking to you back. Good to, um, good to hear like from to, you. Thank you. I'd like to comment on Yessi. From the time that he first started playing with us, what was it, two years ago to now, the one thing I've actually noticed from him before to now is he that when it comes to the when it when it comes to puck management he's not making the stupid play he isn't afraid to get along the boards and you know pass the puck along and his shot mentality is amazing like there's four times tonight where he didn't really have a decent shot but he shot it anyway 
I just want to know, like, does, does being where he was make a huge difference compared to when he was first with us, or was it, is it just him aging? I Well, I mean, the jury's still out. I mean, he's had two games. He's had one good game, and he's had one subpar game in the two games that he's played this year. Um, I think it's age and maturity. Uh, it, to me, is the biggest thing. He was The league he was in was not a great league. Uh, they're the best player in that league offensively is a kid from Sherwood Park that no one's ever heard of. And no he, no NHL teams are banging down uh, his door to come play in the National Hockey League. So it's not like he's playing in a Super League over there and he was dominating. I think if, had he been in the AHL, had he been in Sweden, had he been in the KHL, he still would have come back with a little more maturity and age that would allow him to hopefully fit in a little bit better. I think he uh, it would have been tough for him when he was over here before. He didn't know the language. The, the guys that he played with, Sebastian Ajo and, and, and Patrick Liney, guys that he was the better of them or, or close, uh, they were dominating at this level. So I think there's some frustration in his game and some nervousness. So hopefully he's, he's learned. I think the biggest thing for him, he's got all the attributes to be a good hockey player. For him, the game sometimes seems to go too fast. He's got to be able to think the game at a faster level. And I think that's why they've got him playing on a third line, simplifying his role and allowing him just to go out and play hockey. And I said this with Bob, I've said it twice. For a successful season for Jesse Pugliarvi is that he comes to the rink every night, he's in the lineup, and he becomes a regular NHL player. That is a successful year for him. Hopefully he can build off of that, but I don't think you want to have too high of expectations right now. Just let him go out and play and learn how to play the game at this level. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Rob. And find a way to contribute every night, even if you're not feeling your best or it's not a wide-open game like tonight with mm. the, you know 90 or 86 shots yeah. on goal total. And to his credit, he got... He got seven of them. But, yeah, I mean, you have to contribute. And you mentioned Jar- Josh Archibald the other night. I mean, he's he's not coming out of the lineup. unless mm-hmm. he, He'd have to have several bad games yes. in a row because, you know, he, fi- he finds a way to get involved. You know, he can he can kill penalties. He can fill in on other spots in the lineup. And and so you just want Pugliarvi to find a way to contribute. And and I, I, I agree. Tonight was, was better. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the backdoor pass. We mentioned all the shots on goal. And... And again, late in a period, and, and you and Bob referenced it, looking at the clock at the end of the first period, seeing it's one on two, okay, I'm going to drive and shoot. Maybe I don't score, but I might get a face-off. And it worked out perfectly for the Oilers. Uh, and if people missed that play, it was two and a half seconds left, face-off to the left of Demko in the first period. Drysaddle wins it back to Yamamoto, who fires on net. McDavid's driving the net and flips in the rebound with with 0.8 to go. I mean, just ex- <laughs> perfectly how you draw it up. It rarely happens that way. But it started with Pugliarvi, you know, a small, you might think, oh, a, a nothing play, but getting the face off, making an aggressive play to shoot and get the face off. Little details like that win you hockey games. And I, I think that's what he has to learn. And uh, he's coming back here with a little more confidence, a, more confidence in himself, but humbler. I don't think I think that's the biggest thing right now. He's humbled by what happened before. Hopefully he can turn his career around here in Edmonton. All right, news and weather here. We have John coming up on the phone lines. You'll hear from McDavid who nets a hat trick. Oilers take it 5-2. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Dry Seidel. Dish it back to McDavid with speed. Down the right wing into the Canucks zone. Scores! Well, that's one way to score on the power play. Let McDavid rush it in. <laughs> 
take a wrist shot and score. That made it 3-1 in the second period. Oilers win 5-2 over the Canucks. McDavid with a hat trick. Nugent Hopkins had the other two goals. So both these teams are 1-1. One one. Checking the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Sharks beat the Coyotes 4-3 in a shootout. Late in the third, about two and a half to go. Vegas up 4-2 on Anaheim. Four minutes left in L.A. The Wild and the Kings are tied 3-3. Capitals knock off the Sabres 6-4. Taylor Hall scores for Buffalo. Bruins beat the Devils 3-2 in a shootout. Islanders shut out the Rangers 4-0. Varlamov with the clean sheet. Hurricanes shut out the Red Wings 3-0. Mrazek with the shutout. I want to double-check the shots in that one in a second, Rob, because I think at one point they were 42-12. Do you have it? No, let, I'll let me, look let while me you're talking. Yep. Predators over the Blue Jackets 3-1. The Jets beat the Flames 4-3 in overtime. Line A, the winner. He had two tonight. And, and that was it. And the shots in the Carolina game were 43-14 to 14 in favor of the Carolina Hurricanes. All right. The Oilers back at it Saturday. They're going to be playing the Montreal Canadiens. 780-496-0063. We have John on the line. Hey, John, thanks for calling. Yeah, hey. Um, um, I want to say, first of all, I don't like the Oilers uniforms. That's the first thing I want to say. <laughs> um, but uh, um, Rob's right. we got to be, like with Pogliarvi, uh, it's kind of like when we got Eric Brewer from the Islanders. Like the Islanders screwed it up. I think Milbury was there. Then they brought him in. He was the rushed him in. He wasn't ready. And he was up and down, up and down. They screwed it all up. And then we got Eric, and we were patient with him, and he turned into a player. So I think Rob's right. we got to take that sort of approach with um, Pogliarvi. Um, other thing I want to say is we're not going to win. Everybody knows this. We're not going to win in the playoffs with Miko or with Mike um, lesson learned last year um, so we need uh, basically we need a number one goalie which are hard to get but I was thinking today um, I don't know what it would cost to get Elvis Merz Lincolns out of Columbus and probably I'm guessing the King's Ransom because Yar- uh, Yarmo is no dummy but um, he was great uh, in the playoffs against Toronto last year and there isn't that many number one goalies around so like I kind of was on the internet looking and I was thinking oh well this guy no can't get that guy so like Columbus basically have two number ones uh, Jonas and Elvis uh, so I don't know what it would get to get him but that's who Kenny should look at um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point I, I, don't, I don't know what it would, would take to get necessarily but I think if the Oilers are you know I referenced this on my show the other night John if it's like a, an 05-06 situation where you feel like okay they're pretty good and the goaltending obviously needs an upgrade. I could see Holland going out and uh, and doing something for sure. I think that's an interesting point. I don't. I I think he is weeks. I mean, the trade deadline is not till April, so he's. I think he's going to give it as long as possible, as long as they're, you know, not falling out of the race because of the goaltending. John, what uniform do you like best for the Oilers? Um, the one when, uh, the one that when, uh, well, the one that we had when, uh, we beat Dallas in seven, when Cujo made that save off Neuendijk and Marchant won it in overtime for us. Yeah. Um, so that one, kind of that's the, the next like. generation after the Gretzky era ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I like. But. I don't mind these. I, I didn't know what I would think before I saw them on the ice. Rob and I talked about this last year. We, and Rob and I both like these because the numbers are so easy to see. And usually we're twice as high up from the 
ice as we are now. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, is there any way that um, is there any way a chance that Oscar can come back and play this year, or is he just like absolutely done, like dinner he's for not, the whole he's year? He's not coming back this year. Oh, really? Oh, well, I mean, he that. could okay. because LTIR doesn't mean you're on for the whole season. But they've they've said he's not playing this year. So I uh, think it would take a massive change. That's a heart. huge loss. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Yeah, thanks, yeah, a lot, Reed. Thanks, Rob. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot, John. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh, Rav says, hey guys, from what I noticed, the Oilers need to do a better job of not allowing shots from the point. Well, well a couple got through tonight. It's true. Well, that's, shot blocks? that's one of the things that we saw last year in the play-in series against the Chicago Blackhawks. That was something they did time and time again. They got the puck back to the point and they just kept throwing time and time and time again. It was almost like it was their game plan. So, yeah, no, that is certainly something that the Oilers need to work on. And But I thought tonight there was a little more urgency. Uh, you and I talked about the fact that uh, a number of players putting their body on the line with big block shots tonight. And uh, if you want to win in the National Hockey League, you got to be a team that's willing to block shots. And I thought the Oilers did a good job of that tonight. The Oilers tonight were credited with 29 blocked shots mm-hmm. Vancouver credited with 10 yeah oh, I, but, I, but but fair point from that that texture the both well both Canucks goals were point shots that either got through or got redirected yeah you want if you go to last night I mean the Oilers scored two goals from point shots as well both Nurse and Larson scored from the back end shots are going to get through you just got to make it as hard as possible for it to happen. Uh, I know that as when you're a defenseman, you're told, make sure that puck doesn't get hit, blocked at, at the blue line. Make sure you get that puck through. The Vancouver Canucks have some mobile defensemen. Hughes being the best with the ability to move side to side and get the puck through. But tonight, I thought there was just much more desperation in the Oilers game, and it showed with the number of shot blocks that they had. That is an extraordinary number amount. I mean, that's three times as many as the Vancouver Canucks had. Yeah, well, it was just a more dedicated performance from the Oilers, more more detailed, and I, I've always found, and I know, you know, we when the Oilers lose, if people are frustrated, and and I get it, and some some nights we get a lot of calls about effort, effort, effort. For my and you played in the league, obviously, my experience being around athletes, pro and amateur, in a lot of different sports, nobody goes to the rink saying, ah, I'm going to hope I can get away with 70 percent tonight. I, I think they always. The, the large, large majority of athletes try to put forward as much mm-hmm. as they have in the tank every night. But I do think their concentration can lapse yep. and attention to detail can lapse. I mean, maybe that's part of effort, but to me it's a slightly different category. And I, and I thought tonight, last night, it was concentration by the Oilers. Like, you know what you're supposed to do, but for some reason it's not in your mind. It was better overall tonight. Well, I played with a guy named Doug Crossman, and he used to say, don't play hard, play smart. And I think right. that sometimes you see a team, uh, really, when last night when Larson leaves the middle of the ice and goes and runs Cassian's guy and turns a two-on-two into a breakaway, wasn't, he wasn't not working hard. I mean, he had to come across the ice to throw the big hit, and he's trying to be physical on it. He wasn't working smart on that one. So I would say 90% of the games that you see at any given night, everybody is working hard. It, it's Sometimes they, they make mental mistakes. And when a mistake is made because the puck bounces or or, or you, you you go in to be a little too more too physical and you bounce off, those mistakes coaches understand and they accept because mistakes are made constantly in hockey games. Or every, I can't remember, was it Sekera? I used to say if there was no mistakes, every game would be 0-0. So there's always going to be mistakes. But coaches get mad at it, the mental mistakes when you miss an assignment, when you cheat on a play, when you go where you know you're 
you're not supposed to go, but you go anyways. That's what drives coaches crazy. I thought the Oilers were much better tonight not making those big mental mistakes. The the, the, Was- or excuse me, the Vancouver Canucks didn't have those glorious scoring chances that were gifted to them like they were last night. So the Oilers took that part out of their game today. Yeah, and that's the adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. I, I don't necessarily want to turn the show tonight into fashion commentary, but uh, Lanny says, watching on TV, the numbers are very difficult to distinguish. Yeah, and that's, for us in, in person, these numbers are really, I mean, Jack always calls the blue with highlighter orange. <laughs> so, you know, we, we can't see them. I, I, I wasn't sure when the Oilers went to orange, but I liked them, though I liked the orange version that they had um, the first couple of years they wore them as opposed to the ones they made their full-time home uniforms for the last couple of years. They are slightly different. Uh, I'm actually not even sure how often they're wearing these this year, but they did wear them for, for each of the first two games. Yeah. There's no white on them, which is something that's unique. It's just the, that, the that is, that's the, That's why it just looks weird, like odd different because there isn't it's just two colors normally there's always that white that kind of makes everything stand out a little bit uh, I, I i can tell you this that if the the oilers become a division winning team that goes far in the playoffs with these jerseys they will be everybody's favorite jerseys if the oilers have an off season and are out at before the season ends and don't make the playoffs then these are the worst jerseys ever so it's like our show the show it's a good show when the oilers win when the oilers lose we did a terrible show that's the way the jerseys are going to be viewed all right, 5-2, the Oilers take it. Hat trick by Connor McDavid. Here he is. I guess it's easy to, you know, say, well, I didn't have any points his first game, so he was really mad and had a whole bunch of points the second game. He played pretty well last night and just didn't get rewarded. Uh, I guess what's the difference? Why all the rewards tonight? Sometimes uh, sometimes it just goes that way. Um, you know, I uh, obviously not our best effort last night. Uh, I thought our group was, uh, was really solid tonight. We came out with a lot of energy. Um, seemed like we had a little, just a little more juice than, than they did, um, you know. But that happens in a back-to-back. Some, sometimes the team just doesn't have it. But uh, you know, I thought uh, I thought we did a good job as a group. Uh, power play was good. PK was good. Uh, five on five. I thought we did a pretty good job as well. Tell me about the third period. Your team seemed far more concerned with keeping them at two than extending your lead. Um, yeah, I mean. Uh, you know that's that's the position we want to be in all season long. Um, you know, up in the third period and being able to hold those leads. Um, yeah, I thought uh, that we did a good job. Um, you know, they had a couple looks. They hemmed, they hemmed us in a little bit. Um, you know, but I liked uh, I liked the way that uh, we were able to find a fifth and and uh, and finish the game off. Next question, Ryan Urshog, TSN. Connor. Um after you scored that goal where you, you came through the neutral zone full speed and scored, that, that's the kind of goal that would kind of take the top off this building under normal circumstances. And, and you're celebrating the goal, but it was was it odd to score a goal like that and, and have that moment where you normally feel that from the fans and, and it just kind of wasn't there? Yeah, we obviously miss the fans a lot. Um, you know, we know that uh, that they would have been uh, been jumping last night and, and jumping again tonight. So. Um, you know, we miss them a ton. Uh, we know they're watching. Um, you know, we, we definitely miss their energy, like I said. And um, is it weird to, to celebrate, you know, when there's no fans in the building? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think it's still a big goal. Um, you know, it's the NHL. It's the best league in the world. And, um, 
you know, it's a, a big hockey game for us. So, um, you know, that, that same feeling is still there. Can you just talk about the two passes that Drysaddle made to you on the backhand? The one where he sort of saucer passed it back to you when you took it and went full speed up ice, and then the other spin around, but just, just the skill degree that he has on that backhand. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, no one in the league can can make some of those passes. So um, he's been doing it for a long time, and um, you know, two good ones tonight. Um, it's pretty funny. I think Tice thought that puck was going to him, but um, you know, <laughs> I've seen that before. It was uh, it was not going to him. So um, you know, and then obviously the second one where you know he's he's not even looking. He just spins and, and knows that I'm there. And um, you know, no, not many guys in the world can make that pass. McDavid, three goals and an assist. Dreisaitl, four assists. Koskinen, 38 saves. Oilers beat Vancouver 5-2. 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in. We're live inside Rogers Place. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Well, Miko Koskinen, pretty good start for him tonight. I mean, we mentioned tons of shots in this game. 46-40 for the Oilers. And I think Demko made some pretty good saves for Vancouver. But Koskinen, who... We didn't expect to start tonight. We talked about something up with Mike Smith. Tippett said maybe a further update tomorrow. Koskinen did not start games on back-to-back days last season. On one occasion, he made appearances on back-to-back games. He won a game on a Friday night here against St. Louis. And then the next night, Mike Smith got into a fight or something in Calgary and got thrown out. So Koskinen played the, the third period. But but, uh, but uh, he was solid. I thought especially good work with his uh, pads tonight. We saw in replays, he made a couple of nice adjustments on tips, and uh, he was solid in there for Edmonton. Well, Holtby was the better goalie last night, and Koskinen was the much better goalie tonight. And usually when your goalie's the better goalie, you win hockey games. It, it, it would be a tough situation coming in on the second of back-to-back, but it's one of those ones, too, where I'm sure... Even though there was no goals that I, I saw last night of the five that you think, okay, maybe he should have had that, you're still disappointed. You let your goalie you let five, and you want to get back in the net right away. So for him, the situation, whatever it was that caused him to get the start, it worked out in his favor. So quickly he's back in the net, and he gets to uh, make amends for, for the start that he had last night. It'll be interesting going forward whether Smith, if this is a, a day thing, a day-to-day, a week-to-week, or whatever it is, because we have no idea, but now all of a sudden playing three and four, and that's what it would be if he plays Saturday yeah. against uh, the Montreal Canadiens. That's where we've seen in the past that when he gets overworked is when maybe he's not at his best. But I think that tonight was a good step forward after the opening night. And there was a time in a game where Connor McDavid has a hat trick and Drysdale has four points and Nugent Hopkins, you know, was was very very good tonight. There was a couple moments in this game where the Canucks pressed, and a couple big saves by Koskinen kept the game with the Oilers in the, ahead by a goal. Those get overlooked because you see the greatness in your superstars. But there were, I think it was two or three. I know it was one on Horvat on the side of the net where you're like, oh, he's got it. Horvat's got a wide open back door and Koskinen got across. So some big saves tonight were what set this game apart. The Oilers got better goaltending than the Canucks and because of that got two points. And Nurse took a penalty at 11.36 of the second period. Now part of that was negated when Hughes went off for going after Nuge. McDavid took a penalty at 16.32 and then Yamamoto took a penalty at 19.04. So three penalties in relatively quick succession. I know Pedersen hit the crossbar with that one shot, but Koskinen made some good saves and, and the Oilers penalty kill did a pretty good job. And again, 
And, and look, I know to be successful on a power play, you have to make a cross-ice pass and you have to go across the box. But but again, Vancouver had two or three of those intercepted tonight because I, I, I didn't feel like they adjusted that the Oilers realized, okay, they keep using this lane. We'll just put a guy there. Well, when you see a team go back and forth as many times as the Canucks were doing, it's because the Oilers were doing also a very good job of getting in shooting lanes. The, the Canucks have two world-class shooters, uh, both Pedersen and, and Besser. I, I, I don't know if I've seen guys who can get the puck off as quick as they did. The one that Pedersen hit the crossbar on, I mean, it, it's, it's a wrist shot. Like, when I had to shoot that hard, I had to put everything I had into it in, in a slap shot. The, 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 just a flick of the wrist, and that thing beat Koskinen. And Koskin, I don't think, saw it until it was past him. But what the Oilers did tonight is they put guys in those shooting lanes. So it, the puck, Hughes would go down to Pedersen, guy in a shooting lane, so he'd have to go across box to Besser, guy in a shooting lane. He'd try and go back and forth. And they got it through one or two times, but the puck, the lane wasn't there. They couldn't get the shot on net, and they tried to force that extra puck to go through the, the, the middle of the slot, and that's where the Oilers were knocking them down, deflecting them, and getting the puck out. So the Oilers adjusted uh, after last night's game and their penalty kill, and their penalty kill again was excellent tonight. So especially night, especially teams night that the Oilers win is usually a two-point night for the Oilers than it was again tonight. Yeah, we'll see what else might happen with the lineup. Uh, we don't know much about Tyler Ennis. We, th- we think it's related to a shot block from last night's game. Uh, the, the fourth line for Edmonton had a tough game. No, they didn't play a ton, and there were some players you didn't see a lot of because of all the special teams action, a total of nine power plays in the game. I mean, Dominic Cahoon, who had a good game yesterday, only played 11 and a half minutes. I think he would have played more if uh, if more of that game was five on five. But but for that that fourth line, regardless of who's on it, it bit them last night, it bit them tonight. When you when you got to win those blue line battles, and you got to get the puck out. Maybe, maybe you're going to have a night where you don't score, but you can't get hemmed in, and you can't turn it over inside your own line. <laughs> In all honesty, if your fourth line goes a season with no goals, yet they're an even group, the coaching staff will be happy. And you you as a fourth line, you got simple roles. Puck comes around the boards in your own zone, that means you get that puck over the blue line. You don't have to make the perfect cross-ice pass. You don't have to hit the winger on the far side. Your only job is to get it across the blue line so now that team has to regroup. When, you're, when you get to the red line, you get the puck in deep. You don't turn the puck over. You don't give the other team a chance to come back uh, on a shortened ice. you got to be physical, and I think that's one thing that the Oilers need more out of their fourth line is physicality. You've got to punish the other team. When you're playing teams back-to-back nights, in the first period of the first game, that can set the tone for the next five periods. That's what the fourth line needs to do more of. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca, McDavid a hat trick. The Oilers win at 5-2. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Sean Alford, our engineers here at Rogers Place, Kellen Kennedy and Angie Quinnell operating back at the 630Ched Broadcasting Compound. Our next broadcast, 3.30 face-off show on Saturday, game at 5, Oilers and Canadians. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.